everyone, welcome to episode 35 of the Defend Your Ground podcast. This is Ben, the Executive Director of Blue Ribbon Coalition. I'm on tonight with Simone, the Policy Director, because we need her expertise in helping us understand what is going on in the Manti LaSalle National Forest. We, we commented on a plan in this forest about a year ago. They've been working on it now for a year, and now they want to know what we think about their latest version of it. So, Simone... So, actually, two years ago. It was two years ago? Wow. It's been two years <laughs> that they did That they've been working on this. They've been putting this together. Two years of hard work um, putting together a plan. So, what have they got ready for us now? So, we did scoping, and the public was really good about commenting um, during the public scoping. Um, scoping period uh, just through our action alert we had over 300 people submit comments um, so people have been really engaged on this planning process they have now submitted the alternatives that people can look through and this is the draft plan the EIS and, um, and the draft resource management plan and I mean, their preferred alternative, it's not great. It's not the worst one I've seen, but it's not great. So they've given alternative B, C, and D. Alternative B is the Forest Service. It's their preferred alternative uh, that they're saying, we don't love it because it proposes 122,000 acres of new wilderness. Um, so currently, so just so people are aware, Manti LaSalle National Forest, it's in... It spans all the way from southeastern Utah up to um, like central Utah. You even get into Utah County up near Provo, south of Salt Lake. Um, so it's got three separate units and it covers a wide area. So you've got southern Utah all the way up into northern Utah on the Wasatch Front. Um, so it's a pretty diverse management area. You've got like 1.4 million acres within it. Um, you're next to Moab. You're next to a lot of national parks and and areas. So just so people are aware of what we're looking at with this forest plan. Um, but back to the alternatives. So alternative B, like I said, is their proposed alternative. And the wilderness areas are mainly in the southern portion, um, the southern two units of, of the forest. So by Moab, which is really popular for a lot of our um, our users. They want to go to Moab and be able to recreate, so New Wilderness will restrict that. Uh, currently, within Manti LaSalle, we've got like 47,000 acres of designated wilderness. It's the Dark Canyon Wilderness. Um, it's near Blanding, the Four Corners. Um, Bears Ears National Monument is, is where it's located. And so you've got 47,000 acres already within this, and then it's proposing 122,000 more. Alternative C, however, doesn't propose any new wilderness areas. So obviously we like alternative C because we don't want to see any more wilderness. Good. And in the Manti part of this, I mean, that's like up by... San Pete County, and so this is your Skyline Drive, the Arapian Trail, and so this will affect other popular riding areas for people who are closer up there to the Wasatch Front. And we 
have worked with the International Snowmobile Manufacturers Association to publicize the work we do on these plans. Um, a Forest Service plan is always going to affect the summer recreation and the winter recreation. And so this would, would have been an issue we raised during scoping. And there, I know I do know there's a lot of snowmobiling that happens along that Skyline Drive. Um, there's certainly some snowmobiling that happens up in the LaSalle Mountains in the winter. They get a lot of snow. And, I mean, you grew up in Blanding, and uh, you would have snowmobiled around the Blue Mountains. Um, one what time the, I did. <laughs> one time you did. Uh, so what's going on <laughs> if you are into snowmobiling in this area? And we always are concerned that what kind of stage is being set by the Forest Service plans for the snowmobiling? Are things looking good here? Are we, things snowmobilers need to be concerned about? What do they need to be? Yeah, there's definitely areas that people need to be concerned about. Um, right now, they don't have a winter recreation opportunity spectrum map. That's what we call these, is the mm -hmm. winter ROS map, basically, where they create these designations of where there's motorized use and where there's not. Um, so there are new areas that would be limited to motorized recreation in the winter months and for over snow vehicles for snowmobiling. Um, in all the units, we, we see that. Um, in the unit that's in the southernmost unit, it's kind of confusing because a lot of it overlaps with the Bears Ears National Monument. Um, and that's also undergoing its own resource management planning. And so that's a, kind of a mess. It's like who has jurisdiction, what's going to be decided there, I don't know. Um, that's a big question mark. But in the northern portion, I'm not sure exactly how many acres it is right now, but we do have the map on our website um, that shows the areas that are going to be in its I mean, like a, a third of the area is going to be limited um, or restricted to motorized users for, for snowmobiling. So people need to be aware of that. Areas where we're confident they were already snowmobiling before and now they're closed or is this? Yeah, so areas that were at least open, I don't know how popular, I mean, because I've, I've never been snowmobiling in this area, but so maybe there are areas that people don't necessarily ride a whole lot in anyways but they were technically legally open to snowmobiling before this plan than before what they're proposing. Hmm. Okay, so I'm assuming, so we have our action alert out. We've had it out. We sent it out in our email newsletter last week. We'll put that in the show notes. And we always cover sort of the standard issues that we want, that we believe our members and users support. And so you can just go submit a comment that will take just a few minutes to do but if people were going to customize their comments, at, I mean, what what would help us at this point to move them towards? I mean, you said it's alternative C that we prefer here. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's the only one that doesn't recommend wilderness. And just I, and there's not wilderness being proposed in the northern portions, but there's still the non-motorized designations that they're proposing <clears throat> in the northern portions. Okay. So yeah, we so like alternative C, but the Forest Service says repeatedly, I mean, the more I'm on, you know, objection resolution meetings and meeting with um, forest supervisors and whatnot, the most helpful and, and what they're looking for that really will help sway any decision is any new information. So if there are areas that you for sure have snowmobiled in, for example, and you can say, no, this has historically been used for 
the motorized recreation community um, because they just really might not be aware of that. So any new information that you can give and those personal experiences, include those in your comments. Okay. What about dispersed camping? That's another use that in the past has kind of just been taken for granted and now they're getting a lot more scrutiny in all these plans. I know we've yeah. put some information about this in our write-up on this. So what what can we expect? I know areas around Moab have a lot of scrutiny right now. Yeah, so there's specific roads that they have in the plan that are going to limit dispersed camping from. So LaSalle Loop Road, um, I know the causeway is on there, um, and that's um, the Blue Mountains the Abajo Mountains north of Blanding. Um, and then you've got like the Cottonwood Creek Road um, in the northern portion, Indian Creek Road, that they're going to make it de designated dispersed camping. So you won't be able to just go and camp along those roads like you've historically been able to. And, and then also guess. in these areas that they're trying to um, limit not motorized use in those areas also will I mean if you can't drive in those areas or this new wilderness these new wilderness areas if you can't drive there you're not going to be able to drive and camp there too so there's more than just those roads that are going to be affected um, by the, these decisions are they what is the forest service I mean the forest service in my mind is probably the most unenlightened agency we have when it comes to e-bike use right now. I mean, they definitely are being very rigid on whether they'll allow e-bikes on what they are currently allowing other mountain bikes to use, but they are reserving themselves the discretion to allow an e-bike on a normal mountain bike and trail. Do you see anything in this plan that looks like they might be moving in the direction of allowing some e-bike use on the mountain bike trails in the forest, or are they... Not yeah, no, really. they do address they they do address e-bikes, and lots of times they just don't even address it. Um, so that's something else that's going to be helpful to put into your comments um, to address e-bike use that they should be allowed on mountain biking trails as well. So they are looking to designate e-bike use on on. And this is the process trials. where you do it. And if we, if the, it, it's a new use, this is kind of a window where you could advocate for e-bike use to be used. They might adopt that, especially if they hear a lot from the e-bike community. Um, if there's single track trail in this area that is not open for e-bike use and you want it to be, I'd let them know because they're not going to do this process again for another 30 years. And once they settle in on this stuff, they might not ever see it come back. So if if you're an e-biker and you want to see expanded access, and especially in national forest land where right now it is pretty restricted everywhere you look, uh, this is where you this is the process by which you change that. Otherwise, you either have to come back in with some kind of an amendment to the forest plan, which is a years-long process. And so, e-bike users really need to kind of get engaged on these plans that are in process right now, uh, while they start flexing their muscles. And so we want to make sure those users are aware of this uh, what else well we and just having flexible management i mean so the current forest management plan i believe was put in in 1987 
So that was like before mountain bikes. (laughs) Exactly. And so they just need to have flexible management because in 30 years, who knows what the recreation of choice is going to be. I mean, there weren't side-by-sides. There weren't e-bikes. So who knows what we're going to have in the next 30 years. Um, And so they need to be flexible in their management decisions through this plan. Um, And so, I mean... This plan, it could be worse, but it could be a whole lot better. Um, I never mentioned alternative D, just if people are curious, because we do have alternative B, C, and D. Alternative D is the most restrictive, um, but the preferred alternative is B, but we like alternative C. Okay. Uh, Today we posted on our social media that there had been a win. It was, I don't remember the name of it. You'll remember. Diamond Creek. So Diamond Creek, which would have been a vegetation treatment project where they were rerouting some roads. They were giving themselves some resources and authority to maintain and improve roads. And we advocated for this. It got done. Um, Does this plan set up more of those like vegetation treatments, things like that, where they can be actively managing this forest so that we're mitigating wildfire risk. We're making sure that the road networks we are keeping are maintained. I mean, do you see any foresight there that they're going to give themselves the tools they need to actually manage our public lands? Or what are, what are you seeing Yeah, there? Yeah, so this plan, I mean, it addresses timber harvest and prescribed burns and vegetation treatments. Um, and so we want to see active management um, so that these forests don't burn up in flames, obviously. And so alternative C, again, is going to give the most aggressive management options for the Forest Service to keep those fuels in check. Um, but yeah, this plan, it, it goes over vegetation treatments, travel management, dispersed camping. I mean, it's got all of this wrapped into it. So it's a really big plan, if people are wondering. I mean, of all the plans, if you're interested in the the Manti LaSalle National Forest of all the different projects to comment on I mean the this overall big forest plan is the one to get engaged on because it is kind of the overarching umbrella that everything is going to fall underneath for the next like you said 30 years perfect okay well we'll put a link to that in the notes to the show this will be kind of a short one we wanted to get it out quick just so that people have time what's the there's a deadline right I mean these always November have a deadline. 16th so we have till November 16th. That means you can go take five minutes and submit your comment using BRC's form, or you can take five weeks and go read the thousands of pages of planning documents they have out there for you to review. And we support our members doing any or all of those things. Uh, so we want the Forest Service to hear from us so that we are influencing this process and making sure that our interests and concerns are addressed and taken care of. So I appreciate all you do in reading these plans. It's a lot of work. I know, and I know you have a lot of them. Uh, I mean, I know you're working on a big resource management plan in Rock Springs, Wyoming. We'll have likely Mm -hmm. discussion on that coming up in a future episode. And there's a big travel decision going on in the Nez Perce Forest up in Idaho, Fish Creek or Fish Lake Road that has Mm -hmm. been litigated. We've fought over this one for years. We need the recreation community involved there. We have another big travel plan in another portion of the Owyhee region of Idaho we just more Idaho. <laughs> and so it seems to be never ending 
and we're going to keep you up to date on all of it. And so if you haven't subscribed yet, you probably should. And make sure you're following us on all our social media channels. And we'd love for you to become a member. We're doing a membership drive right now. We want people to join BRC just for five bucks a month just so that we're building up our support because we do expect on a lot of these plans we're going to have to go quite the distance, potentially litigate some of them, and anything we can do to be building up our financial resources ahead of that is going to be mean we can do more fighting for you. And so we appreciate everybody for listening, and we will we will have a lot more to talk about next week.